Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Amy Raiden. Amy, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Amy is a digital marketing and innovation executive. She is an advisor, a director, and an author. I'm excited to have you on. Amy, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. So I'm a native New Yorker. I actually, you probably tell from my accent, born and <laughs> raised in Brooklyn. Um, now I'm based just outside New York and New Jersey with my family. Um, I had a corporate career at some very big brands like American Express, City, E-Trade, AXA, always, as you said, in roles related to marketing and then digital, um, got the innovation bug about uh, 12 years ago and ended up becoming city's first chief innovation officer. So um, I started a new career five years ago where I uh, wrote and published my book, The Changemaker's Playbook, How to Seek, Seed, and Scale Innovation in Any Company. And what I do now is I... um, My work has always been related to understanding customer needs and how to deliver on them better than anyone else. That's how I think of it, innovation. So so what I do now is really work with with people who recognize that innovation is essential to their businesses. They also know it's really hard, and I I help them get there. What what an incredible experience it must have been to be City's first innovation executive. It's uh, it's a great role. I don't know that I'd do it again. Yeah. Um, my, my former CEO said to me a couple of years ago, we're friends, and he said to me jokingly, um, you know, Amy, at any given time, half your colleagues wanted you dead. And, it's, you know, the thing with, and, and, and I think that's sort of the challenge with innovation. You know, innovation means you're doing something new. So you're changing things from the way they were. Um, it took me very polarizing. Um, people know it's essential, especially now. But at the same time, it's, you know, maybe not in my backyard. So it's it's very hard. And when you work, as I did largely in financial services, which is highly regulated, um, all about managing risk, you know, you're, you're taking accountability for your customer's money and you're lending out huge sums of money. Um, there's there's a natural and understandable aversion to risk. So balancing that, you know, kind of running the ship and keeping the business safe and sound, while also recognizing that the world is changing. Um, you know, you get caught, you feel a little bit like you're in the eye of the storm. Oh, for sure. I can't, I legitimately can't even imagine. So that's... Yeah. Well said by uh, by your by your coworker that half the company is not a huge fan of uh, <laughs> of the work that you're doing. Uh, so, is it how how similar dissimilar is it trying to look at city and determine where to innovate versus how to look at just a a, a regular smaller company and trying to figure out where to innovate? Yeah. So the thing is, there there are common there are common principles. And that's when I wrote my book, it was really interesting. I spoke to, I interviewed about 50 people and I deliberately sought to speak to people 
across a wide variety of sectors. I think I hit about 12 sectors and both founders at startups um, as well as corporate executives who knew that innovation was essential to their business because my hypothesis was, you know, we like to think that we're all really different, right. but we all have more in common than we may like to acknowledge. And the common thread for any innovator that's successful is that they are able to really listen to and observe people to understand what their needs are that aren't being met currently or that are being met poorly and then surround themselves with the right people and skills and capabilities to make them real. But it's it's whether you're a giant company that needs to change or a founder in the proverbial garage, that kind of thing is an ability to really listen to and empathize with the people who you want to serve with your products and services. Is that is that a skill that 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 anybody can have? I think so. I think we're challenged these days to have it because we're in a world where everybody's rushing around and you know life has become very transactional. Right? You know, everyone's everyone's running through their checklists and trying to get things done and be productive and innovation is kind of messy and it comes about oftentimes through serendipity. And you have to, you know, really have an open mind. Um, and so I think if you can get your, I think anyone theoretically can be in that headset. I think some people are better at it than others. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. And, and uh, yeah. And uh, so I think just probably innately, some people are, are better at it than others. And, and then it's a matter of if you're maybe... At, at, at 50% of, of, of where you want to be, there's probably an opportunity to actually get better at it if you work at it. I think so. And I think everybody can. The, the fact is, there's a wide range of skills that are and temperaments that are necessary to get from sort of that little germ of an idea to a business at scale. So the people who love listening for and diving into customer insights are. You know, people who I say like are at the front end. You know, they're at the beginning of the journey. When it comes to um, the execution path, there's such a wide range of skills that are needed, and I guess that leads to one of the other um, one of the other things that makes it hard, but also really positive to innovate inside a big company is that you've got tons of resources around you. Mm-hmm. You just have to win them over to your cause. Right. So if you really want to scale a business, you know, you need the full complement of of skills and functions to help you. Right. And so if you're a founder, you're struggling to kind of bandaid things together. Right. And it's 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 very hard if you're in a larger organization and you can influence people and convince them to work with you. There's there's incredible resources. Um so I think anybody can participate in innovation. It's just pick your spot along the journey and say, where, where do I want to play and how can I be the most helpful? Right. So it's this process of it's, it's how to seek, seed, and scale? That's right. That's, how I, that's the process. That's the way I frame the, the methodology that's the basis for my book. That kind of you know, seeking is all about, yeah, how do you find that insight 
that you can translate into a concept and then prototype it and start to get some initial validation, right? Seeding is all about things like how do I get from a concept that people find motivating to creating a viable business model, right? So something that is that is feasible, that can be built technically, that's legal, that will pass regulatory muster, that I actually can, you know, where the cost dynamics work, where I have enough feedback on pricing to know, you know, to get a sense of how is that business model going to work, revenues, expenses, the balance sheet, and then scaling is how do you get kind of out of that beta environment into a full market um, launch where you actually can build build the business to the volume that the business model presumes. Then, of course, because we're never done, um, the book ends with kind of how do you anticipate and adapt, which I think we're seeing in today's world. Um, we're we're going to be we're facing a whole new set of you know big problems and unmet needs that I think ultimately when we get out of the mess that we sometimes feel we're in. Um, there's going to be a huge new wave of, of innovation. Yeah, yeah. Because we have to adapt. Right, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested in, in, in diving into that a little deeper. Uh, but first, as, as, as you're going through, um, how there's probably opportunities to get little small wins that you think here, here's some quick changes we can make, which will dramatically imp, or at least, I, I think that I sort of butchered that. Here's some small wins that will help the customer experience, but Absolutely. here's, but, but 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 here's a couple of huge ones that are going to dramatically, but it's going to take a long time. Absolutely, and that's that's exactly how I think about innovation, and I this is something I talk about in the book that I think you know we tend to think of innovation as those big, massive yeah. game changers. But the, the data will show that a ton, in fact, a ton of innovation value is created from incremental wins. Um, and they definitely should not be discounted. And I would say in my early days, innovating, you know, inside, well, City was where I had my first formal innovation role. We would look at our portfolio of innovation. So we'd say, what do we have in the pipeline that has a higher likelihood of nearer term payoff, maybe smaller scale, and where are our bets out into the future? And I'd say, you think about the challenges that people are facing now um, in their businesses, there's a lot of small but critical wins around, as you so rightly point out, customer experience. I mean, just basic things like how companies, I see how businesses in my town are innovating, you know, pickup and delivery. Right. You know, so innovation can be, you know, new to a sector, new to a channel, new to um, a market segment, and it can be new to the world, but doesn't need to be, to be important. Yeah, that's interesting. How, I, I, I suppose the the best way, well, some some of the stories I, I, I've heard about companies like, like Airbnb and the really, really innovative companies brought in executives that or just leaders that were from other industries and so they were able to not have that sort of inside the box thinking i think that's really valuable um i've always and i think that diversity is a critical ingredient 
to being effective at innovating. And so diversity of background, diversity of thought, and certainly one of the things that I've done in all of my um, innovation and digital roles is um, I like to look at other sectors. So in banking, I was very intrigued by the weight loss industry. Because hmm. if you think about it, and you could probably appreciate this given, given some of your background, you know, there's a lot of similarities between how people are, you know, manage their money and manage their their health mm-hmm. and their weight. Not not to the positive, right? Um, you know, the things we know we should do, we don't necessarily do them. And so we would look at models of, you know, where we could learn from the weight loss industry. And to your point about bringing people in from other sectors, I think one of the big inhibitors of innovation is um, sometimes we know too much, so we we carry around a lot of baggage about how things have always been done or what we think is the right answer. And you have to clear your head of that, set that stuff, set that stuff aside because they become biases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what has probably served you so well up, up until this point in your career when you're trying to really innovate. I, I think that I think bias is probably a great way to describe that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times when people go out to do like traditional market research, for example, you look for there's a, an issue confirmation bias. You look for the answer. You seize upon the data that support the answer that you thought was the answer all along. And it, it's it's sort of a habit that we just can fall victim to if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. So in 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 today's environment, as people are listening, they say, "Well, I." I totally want want to be an innovative company. I'm interested in making sure that I'm staying ahead of the curve. And and I, w- if we eventually emerge from what's going on right now, uh, we want to be stronger. So how do you coach people on just how to go about assessing or thinking about that? Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, so a couple of things we've already talked about. I think definitely. Um, work on building your active listening skills. And part of that is accepting that people don't, can't always tell you what they need verbally, but they tell you what they need in their behavior. So you watch for the things people are struggling with. You say, is there a way for me to automate that or make it really easy for them? Um, secondly, give yourself some unstructured time to allow for serendipity. I think one of the challenges now where so many people are working remote is you know, how do you recreate that water cooler? You know, the meeting that happens after the meeting or before the meeting, mm-hmm. when people really talk about what they're thinking. Um, a lot of great ideas and thoughts sort of sprout in those informal encounters. And then the third thing to our conversation about diversity is surround yourself and engage with people in your network who are not like you. I love um, it. Especially now with the pandemic, because we're very much self-quarantining at our home in New Jersey, I'm just making it a point of reconnecting with different people in my network. I spoke to someone yesterday I haven't spoken to in 12 years. Nice. And it lets you, so so just tell yourself that is a legitimate use of my time <laughs> um, that relates to my goals because you just, you never know what will come of those conversations. And so just keep keep the diversity of your network alive and active. I love it. Well, Amy, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? So my difference-making tip is to be a yes person, a yes and person, not a no but person. And so by that I mean we all have a tendency to jump to why that new idea we're hearing won't work. Um, So next time you hear something and you have that urge, 
stop yourself and ask a question like, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. Um, you'll find that by doing that, there's probably more underneath that you will want to understand. And maybe you can help build on a thought instead of discounting it or feeling the need to correct. And I say that because no but can be a real innovation killer. So make yourself a yes and person. It's it's easy and it's it's actually kind of refreshing. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. Yes, and Amy, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can they get a copy of the book? Well, definitely uh, visit my website, which is amyradin.com. So www.amyradin.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there. Um, You can buy my book on any of the online bookseller sites. And feel free to connect with me as well on LinkedIn. Love it. I'm on LinkedIn at, you know, in slap forward slash Amy Raiden. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Amy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to amyradin.com, A-M-Y-R-A-D-I-N.com. Sign up for the newsletter, pick up a copy of the book, and uh, connect with her on LinkedIn. Thank you again, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Enjoy your day. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.